instead of defending it, is there is there a possibility that you can just have a discussion with somebody and ask them questions about why they have that particular point of view? The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. Well, welcome back to our little mastermind. This is the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Hey, good to be back with you. This is Tony Dufresne, PhD, your longtime host, your host since the very beginning, actually, because it's my damn podcast. Hope things are good. I uh, I want to start off this week by saying a couple things about something that's going to be coming up. Now, at this point, it's a li- it's a, it's the 27th of September, and it is a couple days, a few days before the anniversary of 1 October. 1 October being the tragedy that happened in Las Vegas. And what I want to talk about this week is something that I talked I was talking to my girlfriend about because she lives there and actually I live there too, part-time. Uh, and I'll go into that, but it's about really what that particular situation taught me and what we can learn about people and about ourselves from these terrible, terrible tragedies. I mean, I wish, believe me, I, I, I am on board. I'm a gun owner for the record, but I'm also a huge advocate of getting those assault rifles off of the streets. The reason being, is because as a gun owner and as somebody that grew up with guns and shooting and, and whatnot, I understand. Well, I, actually, I don't. I don't understand the reasons why somebody has to have that. The only reason I can think of is the fact that they're just scared shitless that uh, the government is going to, you know, take their rights away or or uh, become a, a, a like a benevolent despot or something, and and they're going to have to fight for rebellion, which is interesting because <laughs> those those are the same people that are actually looking to do the same thing. They're they're looking to start the 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 fight or the civil war or or get get out on their own. But that's here nor there, and that's a different that's a different thing. What I want to talk about today is is Vegas and uh, or Las Vegas, I should say. Uh, I have a tendency to shorten things up because I grew up in Southern California. We don't like to say a lot of words, so we shorten things up. I call it Vegas. I call Lake Mead Mead. It bothers my girlfriend a great deal because because they she didn't grow up the same way, and I know a lot of people didn't. And the people in Las Vegas like it like to call it Las Vegas. So I'm going to go with that. So what I learned from the one October shooting, and just to refresh your memory, if you don't remember, I think it was 58 people that had died from uh, at the uh, Route 91 Country Music Festival right there across from Mandalay Bay because a psychopath just opened fire on him with an assault rifle from Mandalay Bay for no reason. So I was not there during that time. I was actually here in Scottsdale because I, I go back and forth. Uh, I was there actually the week or a couple weeks before when that same gunman was scouting out the Ogden. He was at the Ogden, which which is a, a hotel in downtown Las Vegas, and it's right next to Life is Beautiful. And actually, I was there with a group of people the night that he was there. So that gave me a little more, I don't know, uh, it, it connected me more to what was going on. Because I've been going to Vegas for years and the one thing I want to bring up to you is is the fact that in going to Vegas, 
being from Southern California, I mean, I started when I was five. I mean, it was like 1970. I know that that's going to flip you out in terms of the age thing, but just let that go for a second. It, it's a fact that I, I, I would go and it's, I would be really throughout my younger years and throughout my teenage, not teenage, but my young adult years, it would be that whole, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. And it was a party. It was, it was always to the strip or to maybe downtown. I mean, back, back when I was going, when I was in my twenties, downtown was a shithole. And most of the time people didn't go there. It was just the strip and it, but it was nuts, you know, and people, it was really, it was basically just go there and do whatever the hell you want. And that happened all the time. And that's how I was brought up with Vegas. And then what I did was when I got out of college and started my, I was in real estate, I actually did some work. I did some valuations on some apartment buildings in Las Vegas. And that complete, that, it gave me a different perspective on it. And that perspective of that was, it was a, it was one of the worst neighborhoods I've ever been in. And being in Southern California, I used to work in South Central LA. I used to work in Compton. I used to work in the really rundown neighborhoods of East LA. I was in the ghetto a lot. And I, and I understood that even down in normal heights down in San Diego, uh, which is not a fun place. And, and I've been chased out of neighborhoods before doing stuff, doing valuations and appraising when I, when I had that business and, uh, and in going to Vegas, it was, that was the worst neighborhood I've ever been in to this day. And I've been still doing real estate stuff here and there. I pick it up for what, 30 something odd years now. So then, you know, I, I had the perspective of the strip is a strip. And then, uh, outside of that, it's just a shithole. And then what happened was that got reinforced because a really good friend of mine who actually used to be my old roommate, uh, Ashley, she moved there because she went into a PA school and that was in Henderson, which is right next to Vegas, but it was out there and we used to go out there and hang out and, and stuff. So what happened was, is that she moved to East Las Vegas, had her, uh, had a, a bottle of condo there and it, that is not a great place. I mean, it's just a low it's it's low uh, low not middle class but below that poverty it's uh low rent it's just you know people trying to just get by and it was it was a mess and uh, there was a lot of problems out there and it again that just reinforced my perception on what Las Vegas was and up to that time I just had it in my mind that the strip again the strip was the strip and you go there and you do your thing and even the strip is gross if you if you've ever walked the strip, I mean, there's it's just shady. It's just shady shit, and you got to pick your spots. I mean, if you're gonna go to the pool parties, you go to the pool parties. If you go to the gamble, you do that. You're with your friends, and you, you know you get all fucked up, and you go to O'Shea's, or you go, uh, you know, you go over to you know One Oak, or you hang out at Chandelier Bar or something. I mean, you know, there's there's ways to class it up because there are some really classy places there, and there's ways to just be. A drunk, belligerent idiot, which most, you know, most people do when they go there. So that was my, again, my perception. That was that, and then the outside of that, it was, it was bad. It was just bad, and it's the same situation that I had when I went back to Atlantic City. Uh, I was there once, and this same type of a situation. So then, all of a sudden, I went there after knowing Ashley and hanging out with her. She actually introduced me to my girlfriend. And that was two years ago, um, two years ago on Halloween. 
And when uh, when I started when we started dating and seeing each other, she lives in a neighborhood there that is actually it's it's the Beverly Hills, I would say, of of Las Vegas or the Scottsdale of Las Vegas, if being you know from Phoenix or you can say it's the Upper East Side of Vegas if you're from New York. It's a really nice neighborhood out there. And her being from there, I got a little bit of a better perspective from it because I started to hang out with her and spend more time there. And it seemed more suburbia, more just typical, just, you know, typical neighborhood people, just people upper middle class, uh, just doing their deal and having their stuff and being in nice houses. And it's a really nice neighborhood. And it's, it reminds me a lot of growing up in Southern California and in Orange County and, and how it's set up. Also, how it's set up here in Scottsdale or in Gilbert uh, down here in this area. So that kind of shifted a little bit in terms of my perspective and my judgment, my judgment on, you know, really how that town is. Because up to that point, seriously, for 30 some odd years, my judgment has been it's a transient neighborhood or or, a transient city, which means really people are from all over the place and they just don't care and they move and they they go there and they lose all their money and then they sleep on the streets and then they find themselves up in Portland, you know, living in one of the community housing things. And that was just my perception on it, my my judgment. And then one October happened, which was the the which was the terrible shooting uh, a year ago, coming up in a couple of days here. And when that happened, two things two things happened. The first thing was I I was not there, like I said, I was here, but. When that did happen, I did call uh, immediately when I when I heard about it, and uh, and talked to my girlfriend about that. And she has a very large family. She's Italian, Sicilian, and she's a very large family. They're all there. And uh, actually, her cousin uh, had a, a friend of hers that got shot, and he was there. And then I found out that one of the teachers that she works with uh, got shot, and or, or somebody got somebody got shot and killed that she knew through somebody else. And that, and of course, that happening in such a personal manner, even though I was, I was removed from it by, by, you know, one or two steps, it still resonated with me much more than, uh, I mean, even 9 11. And 9 11 was a big deal. And I was in Southern California at the time. And I remember just being in front of the TV the whole day and just shocked and odd. And the fact that after 9 11, where, where I was, and I was in Orange County, I was in Tustin at the time. Uh, we, it, it was a, it was an amazing feeling that there, there were people actually outside because I lived on one of the major roads there, Jamboree, if you're familiar with that area. And across from there, actually people just showed up, like tons of people showed up on the corner with big American flags. And uh, we were all trying to console ourselves in that. And I saw that in Las Vegas. I saw that and doing that at that time, which, which sort of, turned me even a little bit more uh, because I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't think there was any sense of community in that town. Even hanging out with my girlfriend for a while, I still didn't get that sense of community. The Then all, then what happened was they started the Vegas Strong movement and uh, then they had the Memorial Garden that they put up, which they, they put up a garden downtown. If you ever go to Las Vegas, you should go check out the garden. It's very moving. It's small. Uh, but they have 58 individual trees for each person, and they were they hung personal momentum mementos on them, uh, uh, honoring the the people who uh, got shot and, and passed. 
And through that and through being there and through and through experiencing the memorial garden that was there. And also we we go to the Golden Knights games because we're uh big I've been I've been been big hockey fan since I had season tickets for the Ducks back in Orange County. And now I'm a big Knights fan, obviously obviously. But even going to the Knights games, I, I went to a Knights game right after right after that happened. It was it was within the week, I think, that that happened. And it was, and they had a, they had a, a memorial and they, and it was just, it was so moving, the, the, the energy, how that community came together and what they showed me was something that is the whole point of this talk today. And, and, and what I'm trying to point out is I had a very long standing judgment, a perception of a whole bunch of people happens to be Las Vegas, the whole city. And my judgment was completely flipped when this tragedy happened. And I saw how these people came together and how these people supported each other and how these people were doing car washes to help with funerals of these people and how they uh, how they came together and they had candlelight vigils at different places and how the energy, you know, you think of you think of going to Las Vegas and you think it's just it's this crazy town. You it was um it was unbelievable the energy shift that happened within the few weeks after that. I mean, even with people that came from out of town, if you went down to the Strip because I I was at, on the Strip uh, probably within the week that 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 this happened, the energy was just completely somber. I mean, it was just, it was amazing the shift that happened in this town because of this and of course it 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 is a, it's a terrible tragedy but it takes a lot of people to have a certain feeling about something to create such a such a tangible shift in energy a tangible meaning you can almost see it and feel it and that's what happened and it was it was amazing to me and it was and it it and I, I feel crappy, really, because it took a horrific tragedy to get me to shift my judgment on something. And and my judgment was so far opposite of what it is now in terms of Las Vegas as a community and as a city and as a people. I mean, they're they are a really solid, tight knit group. And up to that point and up to them being challenged with, with adversity and working through this stuff and coming together and starting the healing process and being kind to each other and doing things for each other when they know that people need help in these situations, even though they weren't there. It doesn't matter if you were there or not. If it's so close to you, or if you know somebody that was involved in something like that, it's a big deal. And I, I'm not sure if you've ever had that situation. I haven't had it directly, like I said. But this, as an indirect thing, even uh, two people removed, it was a very moving experience. So the one thing I want to throw out to you is this. Do you have something that you have a really strong judgment on? That you that regardless of what anybody says, you just stick to that judgment, even though you don't open yourself up to maybe seeing another perspective of it. 
I, I would probably venture to guess yes, because I can tell you right now, completely honest, I talk, I just talked about how I shifted on Las Vegas, but there are things, there are other things where I have, I have very strong judgments on and, uh, and people will, would come to me and try to throw facts at me. And that's the problem. The problem is, is that facts don't sway judgment. What sways judgment is emotion. And you have to be challenged emotionally to be able to take a look and to see maybe if you are, if it works, if, if, if that jives with you or not. And that's why this extremely emotional situation in Las Vegas was the one thing that got me to completely shift to the point where up to that point, which was what a year ago, the uh, uh, I had no intention of of moving out there or anything. I was just I was what I wanted to do was just continue to see my girlfriend because I she's amazing and try to figure out a way to do that where I didn't have to move out there. And after seeing that, I and and understanding that that my judgment was wrong, and and opening up to the fact that it was wrong and I, and being flexible and being fluid with that and being more open to a different way of seeing things. Uh, I, I bought a place. So I got it. You know, so I'm, I, I have a place there and I have a place here and I split my time between the two places and I get to see my girlfriend when I'm out there. And then I get to see my daughter and my family when I'm here. So it's a win-win for me. Uh, but, but my whole, my whole point to you is that if you have, again, if you have a judgment, uh, and if somebody comes up and challenges you with that, you know, you can hold on to it. I'm not saying not, not hold on to your judgment because we, we all need our judgments and our perspective and how we feel about things. We've all developed them for a reason. Most of it happens to do with past experiences or our interpretation of past experiences that led us to create our, reality and our truths in ourselves in terms of, Oh, I don't go to that part of town because it's dangerous or I don't eat that thing because it's unhealthy or I don't believe that person because my friend says he's a fraud or he's an asshole. You know, you're going to have those. All I'm suggesting here is, is that to grow as a person, to be more expansive, to live a more fulfilling life, to be more connected on a relationship perspective with other people to to just to be a better friend to be a, just to be a better a better version of yourself all i'm asking is that you take a look at your judgments or when something comes up to where you are put in a position where you have to think you're defending a judgment instead of defending it is there is there a possibility that you can just have a discussion with somebody and ask them questions about why they have that particular point of view. And then allow them to explain it. See if it makes more sense to you. See if you taking their perspective, see if you op- being open to their judgment, may, it may not sway you. It may not change your particular point of view, your opinion, your judgment. But what it'll do is, is it'll create a much more complete person in yourself in regards to you being able to relate to other people and you be able and you being able to understand 
that everybody lives in their own reality and they don't live in your head. And that's a really important concept. And that's going to alleviate, that's going to take away so much stress in your own mind. It's going to create so many more situations where you can actually communicate with people instead of shutting down or becoming defensive. Because we all have a tendency to become very defensive. And the one thing I I really wish that that I could instill in everybody, including myself, is to be less de- defensive in a lot of different situations. And that's why that's what I want to say. So my lesson in terms of my entire judgment shift on Las Vegas because I saw the humanity and the fa- and it, it is what I would challenge you to do in in whatever comes up in your own life. Uh, I hope that makes some sense to you. If you have a story, I would love to hear it. If you want to talk to me, it's Tony at javabud.com. You can go to the website, javabud.com. You can buy the book there if you want. You can go to Amazon. There's also a freebie there if you want to get that. You can listen to on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. I'm going through a major revamp on the podcast stuff. There's it's, Over the past three years since I've started this, there's been major, major uh, advances in, in podcasting and distribution and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to start looking into different ways of doing this. And also doing mobile podcasting too. I, I've kind of set it up to where I can do some impromptu stuff. So anyway, stay tuned for that. I would hope that when one October comes around, even if you're in one of the hundred countries that are not the United States that you guys listen to me, that 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 you would take, you would just take a quick thought, quick ten seconds on on the first of October, and just think to yourself maybe what you know what judgments you're holding on to, or maybe who you can, maybe somebody you care about a lot uh, that you can call and just say hi to, because that's really what it comes down to. I uh, hope things are well, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.